Are there parts of motherhood that did not come naturally? Do you feel overwhelmed? Are there secrets you wish you knew in advance about the motherhood journey? Could you use a place to cope with motherhood, laugh your woes away, and lighten the mommy guilt? Welcome to Toward, finding a mom-life balance. Welcome back to Torn. On today's episode, we're going to talk about kickstarting the new year. My 2020 feels more like a roll start or a kicking me start. Um, that two week break of people not being around for work, kids being home for two and a half weeks out of school and having to jump back into that routine of school drop-off, school pickup, meeting, trying to be productive. I felt like a sloth. Yes, it's been a pretty intense two weeks back. Is it longer? It feels longer. Um, and it, I found my work schedule causing me to like shuffle my routine after school or drop-offs or how I was getting in or how I was how I was having late meetings or field trips with kids. So that is always extra planning time, executing, you know, before getting on an 802 train, you have to be up, drop off someone by 630, come back, find parking for the car, jump on the train, head out to a different place look like you haven't been running around for the first two hours of the day (laughs) be present professional um enjoy it make the most of it and then run off to other late evening events and then get home 15 hours later (laughs) to be pleasant with your family as you're wrapping up the day (laughs) it's been a lot of that going on in these weeks of 2020 so Yeah, I can relate because I'm not going to lie. I did not miss having to work nine hours, shove food down all our throats and run out the door for practice and Mm -hmm. hope that we got to practice on time. I called home this week. Actually, this week I was traveling for work. So I got the joys of being away from home for three days. And I call home and I'm like, are you people on the way to basketball practice? practice starts at 6.15. They were answering the phone and still commuting to practice at 6.45. <laughs> so, <laughs> and of course, dad's like, uh, practice starts at 6.30. I'm like, no, 6.15. You're way late. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the beginning of our 20. Remember schedules already. Oh, that's the whole thing. It feels like ages ago that you were functioning under that paradigm and you're just like, what am I, what am I forgetting? What did I leave with the old year that maybe people thought I was supposed to bring into the new year? (laughs) What projects was I in the midst of with, with a really good work plan and I have to get back and remember what I'm prioritizing and, you know working with teenagers it's always it's always a new day it's always <laughs> fresh they get a fresh slate so much and I'm like I we still have the same goal <laughs> we still have the same goal to achieve um but sometimes that motivates you because they're just 
they did come back into the new year charged. So aside from like the adult expectations, goals and things on my calendar, the students were definitely motivated to think about what they're doing in the summer and share some things going on with classes as they headed towards midterms. So it helps to have that youthful optimism about how much can get done when you're cramming um, surrounding you. (laughs) Yeah, and I would say teenager probably was the one that was the most motivated to get 2020 going because he's a senior and he found out colleges and scholarships over break. And he's like, oh, I'm ready to graduate in May and get going. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Same here. Our 17-year-old started to get acceptances and scholarships. And there was just like a glow and a joy and kind of like the appreciation for the work and the effort and the sacrifice that has gone into the journey. And that is always another motivator that kind of helps your perspective as you still have more things ahead is that putting in the effort, setting goals, making the sacrifices, being disciplined is worth it. Yeah. I gotta admit, like it's exciting being the parent, seeing them achieve these things, but then quickly you started thinking about graduation, graduation party (coughs) and all the things that, are quickly coming down the pipeline. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm ready. Into, which leads into more to-do lists and more backwards planning in the calendar. Um, like I mentioned, the work plans at the office, but it's the work plan at home and it's whose birthday and what weekend are we traveling and what is this holiday and fitting in thing that, you know, the milestone for this year, the graduations. And it, it just... There's never a dull moment. I I usually block out the calendar in my mind of like pretty hectic and busy from before the end of October through January, which is my birthday. And I get a little reprieve before my daughter's birthday in February, but it has not felt like that at all. It just feels like go, 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 more things. Look at your calendar, juggle, don't double book. Be careful when you say yes to things so flippantly because you're probably forgetting somewhere else you're supposed to be. Exactly. And then January, January timeframe, you're committing not only to like colleges for seniors, they start committing, but you start committing to schools for the next school year. So in our household, our third son is ready to enter kindergarten. We had to deal with that application early January and sibling discount and all this stuff and solidify his spot at the private school that they go to. And so that whole process is stressful because they make you interview, they have you fill out a form about your five-year-old and it's like, is there anything I should know? Um, there's tons that you should know, but I'm not going to tell you <laughs> right up front. <laughs> Just going to let you deal with him because I'm hoping him being in your environment kind of molds him a little differently. <laughs> give him a chance um so we've been those fun conversations because unlike my other two sons that wanted to be involved in the selection of their school he's um anti-school so his (laughs) method 
of involvement in the school that we select for him is that he's just adamant that he's not going. And he refuses to accept the reality <laughs> that we've signed him up and he's going <laughs> to school. Yeah, so you have the countdown until he enters those doors, but he's not accepting it. Oh, yeah. He's in complete denial. He's like, I don't know how many techies were like, we signed you up. And his other brother's like, you're getting to go to school with me. I'll see you on campus. He's like, I'm not showing up. (laughs) I'm not getting out of the car. I'm not going to school. I don't know what you're talking about. We're trying to get him excited about his kindergarten teacher. And like his older brothers are like, they sometimes write you a note before you even show up and tell you how excited they are to see you. He's like, yeah, I'm throwing that in the trash. I'm not going. <laughs> so it's gonna be it's, it's gonna like be a really interesting, interesting <laughs> kindergarten drop off. Wow. So decided, just not for me. Everything I'm seeing from my older siblings, the life they've been conducting, I can already tell is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, goals, homework, being successful. <laughs> I'm like, what do you think you are going to be doing? Oh, I'll figure out how to get paid to play Kirby. <laughs> Thank you, Nintendo. <laughs> well, the entrepreneurial spirit. I'll commend him for that. That's the age we're in. But yeah, it'll be interesting to hear stories. Promote it once I see that first paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's um, we'll look forward to hearing more about his journey. (laughs) Oh yeah, his journey. I'm just envisioning because I know they hand out tissues um, for the parents (laughs) when you drop off your kindergarten. I think I'm just gonna have to leave the pack with him because (laughs) I'm not gonna be crying. Be like, see you later. You were here, even if you show up in your PJs, you're still here. Yeah, so we'll be embarking on transitioning from daycare to pre-K officially. So that that a few applications were out end of the year, um, some for February. So we'll be making that shift as well. But I think I'm, I'm just curious. I think uh, I think more about what the parent circles are I think she'll be fine whoever she goes to school with and um, I like to balance it out with the extracurriculars which are a whole other commitment and planning cycle but um, we're looking forward to what that'll be like for her so is she aware that she's transitioning to pre-k and what that means yes she has been very flexible because she started with one group that she actually got placed separately from the majority of the group that she was with at like 18 months and they recognized each other knew each other's names were very like loving affectionate but I think just scheduling and class sizes she was placed in a different group and all I think the parents suffered it's like we don't know why she's not with and I was like yeah you know we're rolling with the punches I get to know new parents because it's just a different dynamic in daycare. But, you know, as they got a little older and they started doing parties um, at school and where they recognized more like what was happening for birthdays and things like that. Now she's back with that group and she loves it, but she's been really flexible with all those transitions. But I think part of that is also the extracurriculars and like just getting to know different kids in different spaces. 
But yeah, the exciting. new year gets us closer to ballet recital in June. And it started out really strong. She's already got pieces of the choreography since the fall down that she really didn't have down until probably two months before the last recital. Um, so enjoying it, confident, glad that she's, you know, very committed um, to participating, doing different things, because the dance is different, but, um, and it's a different group of students because the intro ballet is really what's available for her in that school. Um, so it's like a kind of second year in what she was in before, but still different dance, different group of kids, um, but she's been doing well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because that's what helps with the, the extracurricular activities. They get used to seeing different kids and connecting mm -hmm. with folks in the moment. And, yeah, and in the phases, that way. you see a lot more like following directions, being able to transition a little smoother. The expectations from the teachers can be different. So that's been a good compliment to the daycare time. Yeah, I know for my second son, that was kind of, that's always been difficult for him is adjusting and adapting to whoever is there. Like we had that issue, like he's having that issue with basketball this season that his coach ended up getting surgery on the, his hand. And so he's in and out. He's inconsistent as to whether or not he's actually the one that shows up for the game to coach them. And it is super hard for my son to adjust quickly to someone else's method. And I, I realized that. And then the same thing happens to him with friends. Like, he has two friends that he's been friends with them since he was three. And those are his best buds. Those are the ones that... And it's hard for him to expand his circle. And that's something that we've been trying to get him used to doing. But it's, like, totally out of his comfort zone. <laughs> so... Mm -hmm. And it's just based on his personality. Because no, my definitely. other kids, it's like... They, they don't show any type of like preference but the thing is I think it's also you see it so clearly for his personality because I think on the other end of it after maybe five years or six years either out of school or doing a sport where like a cohort has moved together your kid who might not have missed it with a one-off year transition after a few years they might definitely value that connection and that bond but because of his personality he can already tell like year two I kind of want to come back to familiar faces I want to know my dynamic with people like you know and, and it probably feeds some of his uh interest in the involvement while other kids I think like is very individual it's what I'm going there to do and then yeah I can do it with other people and we participate together but it takes a little bit of time for that bonding and I think even the consistency for me, it's even the calendar. Like when we have gaps of not having something on Saturday morning and getting back into the routine that we have something on Saturday morning was hard because I wasn't in an outside sport for most of my life. And so that commitment of like that time is always blocked out no matter what is happening socially or if you decide to travel or, you know, just trying to teach your kid that when you have a love for something, kind of plan around it because I see it on the other end with my high school students who don't want to commit a week uh, six weeks where they're saying nothing else is going to interrupt this thing but I think it's a qual like a, a characteristic a quality a skill to kind of hone in 
on during this season, this is my commitment and this is what it looks like. Because I think it helps you develop that ability to just focus on something and like grow it. Yeah, it shows dedication, commitment. Mm-hmm. That's the number one. And it's really hard. It's really hard because when you have different interests, they're going to overlap. You're going to have to choose. There's going to be times where something's going on personally or with family that something has to be sacrificed. And I think those are all really important for them. But that he has that like connection and loyalty is definitely just part of his personality. Yeah, he's definitely a companion. <laughs> he, he is the child that constantly tells me, I cannot wait till I get older and I could get married and I'll always have someone with me. <laughs> That's one of his aspirations. I'm happy that he thinks uh, what he has seen about marriage is so positive that he's like super excited about it. Almost as excited as him turning eight. So <laughs> as, as he consistently wakes up every morning and is like, eight is great. Eight is great. <laughs> But yeah, so eight is great for him. And this is his year, 2020. Um, But also kind of those commitments to other family members stuff and like navigating all these schedules has been super stressful because we have my oldest who has like his congressional award ceremony coming up and then his um, he's actually acting now. So he's coming out in a play, Othello. Um, in February and in March, there's like several showings of it. So schedule, making sure we all go see it and trying to build that camaraderie amongst my boys that you support your brothers, whether it's your interests or not. That's not, that's another goal of 2020 that we've had that we've been trying to foster since the beginning of this year. And it's been super difficult because we did the basketball games Half the crowd is crying. The other half is okay sitting there. And it makes for like, we're, we're quite a show, the six of us, when we show up. So. <laughs> and it's about exposure. I think the biggest thing to carry you through when it's hard to get them to do, um, to, to like wholeheartedly want to be present and want to participate, is that you don't really know where the spark is going to come from or you know, once they see a performance, there could be a topic, a historical period, there could be, you know, costumes, the music, there could be just so many different things of an exposure that could grip someone and kind of change them or redirect them that just stay the course because it'll be worth it for all of them. And to see how that changes over time, you know, with his activities, their other siblings activities, all of them, um, what it brings when they're seeing him practice lines and have to go to dress rehearsal. It's just all the different aspects of it are all exposure that they're going to be the better for, even if they don't even realize it anytime soon. Yeah, I agree with you there. Cause it's even exposure for me. Cause there's many things that my kids are into that I'm like, I would have never stepped foot in this environment if it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've even been growing and enjoying it. So as we kicked off 2020 and we're feeling these feelings of overwhelmed and uh, trying to balance it all and trying to be motivated and punctual and excited about the year, memes, what are some things that we can tell our torn tribe that they can actually do to help 
folks that are kind of in this position. Definitely. I think one of the things I find myself hesitating is to turn down an invitation or keep my calendar light or the weekend time light because like I said, there are already those prior commitments of consistent dance class or only having a limited amount of time to get reset for the weekly routine and the torn tribe just being supportive of each other and respecting that we have to be able to prioritize our time so that we can be our happiest, be our most present at the things that we are committed to. Um, It would be useful to offer an invitation, but also not take it personally if that's not an optimal time and maybe even checking in about what life is feeling like um, for moms, for parents, for families um, during busy times or when you kind of see that they, you know, can't put one more thing on their plate. And to piggyback on that one, I love the texting. Like, I definitely feel better and more connected to my torn tribe when they reach out. Even if it's just to say hi, and I simply just reply hi or give you a thumbs up back, it helps to know that people still are thinking about me and haven't lost sight of me and are still trying to stay connected. So that's definitely helpful. The other one I would throw out there is it's nice to get a random volunteer babysitter because there's many times we would like to go to the grocery store without having to drag all four kids <laughs> or go buy one go with one kid to the store to go buy him his athletic gear or go to his uh, play or whatever the event is just with that one kid rather than having to drag the whole family or all kids. So I know I definitely appreciate it when I have a friend um, reach out and say, Hey, you know what? I was thinking about you. I'm free this Saturday. If you need a sitter, let me know. Like that is like golden. Like, Oh, (laughs) like definitely. I'll take a moment to give a shout out to the aunts and uncles that will say like, You know, I had an offer for my daughter to be taken to a birthday party this weekend. Um, Another aunt will occasionally do drop-off in the evening so I don't have to go get her from grandma's house. Just any of those things from friends, aunts, family members, anyone who just recognizes what's the routine, what's going on, and how they can support, but also that that's time they have with the kid. And I like that they kind of have their own thing that it doesn't always have to, we, we do our family things together. It's not like always take my kid off my hands, um, but it's quality time that's planned and doled out in that way. So it's a little perk for us, even though it's quality time for the kiddos. Yeah. And another one that kind of a shout out, someone that helped me last month um, was at, at carpooling. Because I have a teenager that goes to a youth group that meets in the evenings. And although he can drive, driving there, because it's 40 minutes from our house and back, and it's really late at night, it's just not a safe thing for him to do. So usually I take him there, and and then I have to come back home, and then I wait until like 10 or whatever. And by the time I go get him and bring him home, it's already 11, 1130 at night. And so this person just 
volunteered and said, Hey, if you can get him here, I can get him home. Like that was so helpful, even though it was for like two events and it only happens like once a month or twice a month. It was super helpful because I didn't have to feel torn about, Oh, do I take all four kids to drop him off? And then do I go get dinner over there close to it and try to hang out? And so that I don't have to drive all the way back home to then go pick him up and come back or do I have to take him and then send my husband later in the evening when he's beyond tired to go pick him up? So just things like that, that if you know you're going to be in the same place, doing kind of the same thing, dividing it up and helping a family divide it up and conquer is super helpful. So Definitely. And the highlight of that, I think, along the lines that I have like my manifesto now that I dole out to anyone who does not have children yet, is that you can give people practical experience so that <laughs> all the things we talk about, the conspiracy of no one sharing the blessing and the curse that parenthood can be, they get it firsthand. They see the meltdowns, they see the cuteness, they get the pictures. You know, I get pictures from my godson at school, but I also hear about like him resisting going to bed. I get to share um, a picture of like, this is what we're doing right now when we tried bedtime 45 minutes ago, but they get to witness it all. Like when they spend the night at grandma's, you get to see that they're up at 7.15, even though there's no reason to be up at 7.15 on the weekends and all that good stuff. So maybe in that way, you're like living and breathing the things that we're preaching here on Torn that need to be shared more often. And then people can like make decisions wisely so that yeah. they won't feel <laughs> the way we did when we became parents. Yeah, and make decisions informed, being informed of the blessing and the growth <laughs> that you will experience <laughs> through parenting. Um, For sure. Yeah, so Torn Drive, go out there and support because we appreciate every single one of you. <laughs> yes. So, and now for our men's segment where we share a highlight from the week. What is mending you this week? I will have to say my mend this week was um, actually hanging out with my in-laws. I know that's probably like a shocker for most <laughs> families, but I really, I really adore my in-laws. Um, it was my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law. They came into town and we had our Christmas gift exchange and Sam had his Christmas and his birthday gift exchange. And um, it's just always a good time to hang out and just it, we literally really didn't do much. Like and it was hilarious because my mother-in-law kept saying all weekend, you know, guys, you got to get to bed because tomorrow's a big day, a big day. And I just love seeing her interact with them because she's a second grade teacher and she totally knows how to get them engaged and buy into anything. And that to me <laughs> is a gift and a talent because we literally, so, cause I even like was questioning what was happening the next day. <laughs> it was like, it's a big day. Like, what is she talking about? Um, and she, uh, and so once they all went to bed, I was like, what's happening? She was like, nothing. 
Absolutely. <laughs> it's just a hint of whimsy. The kids fall for the hint of whimsy. <laughs> yeah. And so, but it was really nice. We got to go out to breakfast together and my mom was there too. So it was nice to see um, my mom, my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, like all of us getting along and just seeing them pour into my boys um, and actually having a good balance of male and female presence for her weekend mm-hmm. was refreshing because usually it's male dominance in this household. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And I got to admit, I'm a, I am one of those moms that enjoys my kids' presence more than they probably enjoy their gifts because Sam got a lot of logic and like code breaking puzzles. Mm-hmm. And I definitely got suckered into that because because every car ride, it's like, mom, let's let's do another. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. And then there was um, a book, like different games, and they like took the spin on Battleship and guess guess who? And I it was just fun and games all week again with them. So it was just a lot of fun. That was my mend. How about you, Mim? That's great. So I've been pushing myself to do more presentations as I, I guess ironic or in illogical as it may sound, having taught in front of teenagers for 12 years does not make me an individual who enjoys presenting to adults. I think the kids are gentler. They're authentic with their feedback, but they are gentler on your feelings. <laughs> While adults, I think, have a little prob- uh, more cynicism or judgment um that's harsher sometimes so I've been pushing myself to do more presentations and I had one on Friday morning on a text that we shared across the team and I felt particularly motivated by it and um, wanted to contribute to the discussion so um not my direct manager but my manager um that supersedes her um was running and I volunteered my time and we presented together and it just generated, it was not a very long presentation, but it generated lots of thought and it connected really well to where we're a small, like we're a small team when you look at our network, but amongst the 34, there's smaller teams. So there's the success team that works with college alum. Uh, with our high school alum that are in college, uh, the high school team, there's people working on the college part and part on the career part. And it just generated lots of conversation about how to get that spark in our students to make fulfilling lives and thinking about the happiness piece of the success. And with that frame, we went into conversations about how things can, like we, we have the resources that are not designed that way in many other schools in the country. And so having that, how can we make it a fluid, productive, efficient process that considers all the challenges, but also keeps the hope and keeps it really centered on what our kids need to explore so that they feel confident about what they want to do. And that's really important to me and motivates me. So just pushing myself to have that voice and, uh, just put myself in front of these different audiences so I can get more comfortable with that platform was really fulfilling. Well, that's awesome. I'm proud of you. Way to be brave because 
I absolutely hate presenting in front of anyone. I don't care if it's a dog or a two-year-old or an adult. <laughs> like, I do not like being in front of a crowd. So, way to put yourself out there. That's a good one. Hopefully, that was on your bucket list for 2020. One of your 20. <laughs> yeah, so that you can I, it, cross through, off. My acad- through my academic year, it's been an ongoing goal to just keep finding those spaces to do that. That's awesome. Well, Torn Tribe, we would love to hear from you guys as well. What How's your 2020 kicking off, starting? What are some things that you would love your Torn Tribe to do to help support you so you feel less torn throughout the year? So thanks for joining us today. And memes tell folks how they can stay connected. So please send us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from our Torn Tribe at our Gmail account, tornmlb at gmail.com. And we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at tornmlb. Thanks for joining. Choose grace. When you feel torn, choose Choose grace. grace.